You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica, episode 44. I'm Jessica Pearson, certified life coach. And I'm Beth Barnett Babel, integrative nutrition therapist. Yo. Hey. Should we tell them what we did today? (laughs) 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 I'm dying. And as soon as I got off the phone with you, I was like, oh, I have laughed for like, I have laughed for joy and for sorrow today. I couldn't even explain what happened to Josh because I was like, I actually don't know what happened. All right. This is what happened. As a business, we have a Google Voice phone number. And when Google Voice go, you know, it goes to somebody's, you know, to your personal voice box, you check it like on your phone. And so when I went to go hit call back for somebody that called me for work, I accidentally hit the wrong button. I just hit the phone button, you know, because you just hit the phone okay, button. I was I trying to figure that. out why you called our business line. Does that make sense? <laughs> and so instead of hitting that number that that is, you know, underlined in blue, somebody answers and <laughs> I can't. I can't. So I'm like, hello, Path Nutrition. And then I guess because neither one of us are expecting the other person on the other side, we're just acting like we don't know what's happening. Like, I didn't so- hear you say that like yeah. at all. So I was like, Path Nutrition, this is Jessica. And then what I heard was, hi, I got a voicemail about working with like something about a referral or like working with Beth at Path Nutrition. I was like, okay, cool. I'm actually not in the office right now. The best thing you can do is email her. And then I was going to say like, and I'll shoot her a text to let her know that your email's coming so she knows to look for it. But I was like, email her at Beth at pathnutrition.com. And Beth was like, it, there was like a small, a small silence, a pause. And then Beth was like, Jessica. <laughs> It was the best. And it took me a minute to figure out that it was you too. I was, was like, like, what? Who is like, this? Who? Yeah, I was like, who is this? She's like, it's Beth. I was like, what is happening? And I, it was, I mean, once we figured out, I was like, this is the best thing that has ever happened. I was like, I feel so dumb right now. Um, oh, I felt so dumb. One, I didn't hear you say our business name. <laughs> Well, again, this is the this is that power of belief, right? Because you didn't know that you were calling your own business line, and so you you would never expect it to be me on the other side, and vice versa. So, like, it just was not computing. And oh, oh my god, oh my god, I my, almost my, peed my pants. And I was walking around the little Japanese store getting some like rice balls, and I was dying. Oh, I am dying again. My abs hurt. It was so hilarious. And yeah. So anyway, that was our morning. That was our morning. So before we get started, I wanted to make a little announcement about something new we have coming up in February. And we're not going to go over all of the details today, but I did open up a waiting list today. So if you are not on our mailing list already then you're going to want to go to our website, pathnutrition.com and click on the word foundations. That's the name of our new interactive online course and add yourself to the list. So you get the information as we roll that out. 
this course, Foundations, is going to be really, it's unlike any online course I've ever done. It's not like an awkward group setting where you know you're going to have to be at a certain time in a certain place or share and be vulnerable if you don't want to be. Yes, we have vowed to not make it be based off of a Facebook or Zoom group. Yeah. And it's also not just like the regular 2D experience where you're just watching videos, you're learning and you're kind of chugging along and then you kind of fizzle out because it gets kind of boring, right? You're not just watching videos. You're going to be able to connect with us one-on-one throughout your program um, Mm -hmm. on your own time too. So if you want to, you know, ask a question and get coached, then we will reply to you as real people. So you get that experience of having some one-on-one coaching experience. So we're just so excited about adding this program and we will talk more about it um, and like what it will help you with very soon. But in the meantime, just go get on the wait list by going to our website, pathnutrition.com. Click on foundations and add your name and email. Easy peasy. So we keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture or that perpetuate diet culture in some way. These are often the subtle ways it creeps in, which is why we're shining a light on it and sharing it with you. Okay. I'm, I'm really... Beth is fired up. <laughs> fired up. I'm trying to like hold in the fire in my body. It's really uncomfortable. So today we are going to talk about the latest news that came out. Um, late last week about kids, the new pediatric association guidelines for adolescents or kids with in terms of obesity, weight loss. And one of the things that really stuck out in there is that they have approved medication for kids that have been traditionally used in adults with obesity and weight loss uh, journeys and with diabetes which in some senses could be fine, except for like some of them include the the Ozempic type things. And so then like, do we have people really been using them long enough to know what's going to happen if they come off of them? So for example, we're starting to get the stories of people are like, okay, I went on Ozempic, I got off of the medication, I got off the injections, and now I've you know, gained all the way back and all this other stuff. And so that's starting to happen. And then I think for me, the most upsetting component of this is that they recommended uh, bariatric surgery for kids as young as 13 years old. Yeah. Yeah. 13 still seems really (sighs) young. And we know um, that... While, yes, surgery can be helpful and life-saving for some people, that there is still a high percentage of people that regain the weight yeah. eventually. Yeah. So for me, you know, how this relates to our our podcast of diet culture is, is that it, it sets up a lot of kids in that situation of, okay, so now you've got all these conditions uh, around health and obesity and things like that, but we're going to try to solve it with these medications and with maybe potentially very gut altering surgeries. And it ju- at such a young age, their bodies haven't finished growing yet. They haven't finished going through puberty yet. And so what is the downstream effect? And then also like on not only their bodies, but also on their mental health. And that then if they 
do um, end up being able to come off the medications? Like, what is it that they're going to think about themselves and their body and things like that? So is this really the right way to go? Do we need something? Absolutely. But is the answer to be with bariatric surgery and very strong medications? I think that should be very prudent in that because we haven't even begun to remotely address the situation of where the problem is coming from. And that is our lack of food, like fresh, good, healthy foods. And so we are choosing to not have enough public policy in place to say, hey, please like to the corporations to stop producing all of this highly addictive ultra processed food that is cheaper than fresh foods. Yeah. And you said you're like, the problem is we have to deal with our environment becoming increasingly increasingly obesogenic. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Cause that was a statement at the beginning that was like, you know, at the beginning of this report that was like, Hey, you know, this was, you know, a tough task and all of this. And, you know, we have to be aware of our increasingly ob- obesogenic environment towards this. And it's like, but no one's dealing with that. No one is dealing with that. The USDA has like a dollar for their name compared to many other organizations of the government with the government funds. And the USDA is like, cause they have nothing. They've got nothing to try to promote, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables in schools. Like they're still struggling to get like strawberry and chocolate milk out of elementary schools. Like, like, come on. Like this is like, the problem is we are choosing to just keep forward in our capitalistic society instead of having real public policy. And instead we're going to give people, kids, very strong medications and potentially surgeries that are, could be more harmful than helpful. When you said capitalism, I was kind of thinking about like, cause you know, I'm, I'm, I like to think of myself as capitalist. <laughs> I mean, you are. You, you buy it, things, you spend money. But in a in a more in a semi-conscious way, but also I'm thinking about like, you know, we when we think of adults and personal responsibility, that's one thing where it's right. like, sure, you get to decide what you put in your body and how you do that or whatever. But which is still hard given what is provided, what the options clearly, are. Clearly. And obviously we know people of certain socioeconomic backgrounds. There's, you know, there's more struggle to obtain some of these things. And that's obviously part of that policy problem. But when we're talking about kids, they're not supposed to be in charge, right? Right. Like they're the ones relying on us to help make these decisions for them. And so, yeah, the adults can't even make those decisions for themselves like the kids are. It's just, I don't know. It's It's really upsetting, especially because like with the surgeries yes they can be really helpful you said this i believe already but my brain was like but like a lot of these things don't work in adults so why is it gonna work it's just gonna magically work in kids what i don't know i just i mean i wonder if there's a thought like if we have early intervention then maybe you know they'll be healthier from the onset maybe it will I don't know, spur something in the long run, but it's not really teaching them anything. So it's like, you know, if we're offering kids surgeries, which we've known, you know, there's been certain people that have come to us pre or post-op and, you know, they've mentioned that their doctor doesn't really 
do any follow-up with them post-op, right? There's not even a lot of education post-surgery as far as like, here's kind of what needs to be done or here's what like a nutritious, you know, way of eating looks like, like none of that is really even included. So it's like, if they're not doing that for adults, are they going to do that for kids? And I don't know, just, I'm just trying to think of like some of the meds that were recommended metformin, which is for blood sugar balance. And then there was one, there was the Ozempic type or the GLP ones. And I'm like, they are one of the many people that has the side effects of having extreme nausea and then potentially throwing up and being able to barely eat anything without feeling sick. Like if they go and have pizza with their friends, like even the slice can make them feel nauseated. And is that really the experience we want kids to have? And are they going to want to continue with a medication program where they feel that terrible? They're not likely going to be like, oh, let me keep going with this. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. So, I mean, there are other medications that they're recommending. Um, so it's not like it has to be that one, but it it still is like, that's a lot to ask a kid to go through. And if families are really struggling with keeping up with schedules and, and things like that, to be consistent with these medications are going to be really, really challenging. So it happens all the time. There are lots of kids that need medications on a daily basis. Um, my child is one and Mm, boy, sometimes I'm just like something happens in your day and you just totally forget about something that they're supposed to take every single day. So I don't know. I know that they have other aspects of this that they are trying to support, but really what is coming out of it is it feels like what will happen is, is that everybody's going to latch on to the medication and surgery aspect. And then the, you know, it's really fluff talk for, the other things that need to happen around environment, food, physical activity, and those sorts of things. Screen time. Screen yeah, time. I was just trying to think, like, what is the huge difference between when we were kids and the kids now? Because I ate a lot of crap <laughs> as a child, you know? And so I'm just like, what is what really is the difference? Is it, like, a new kind of corn syrup? Like, was ours even corn syrup in the 80s? Like, what was it? It was or, just starting to come out in the 80s. Like, it wasn't in full... Yeah. So it's like, was the, you know, stuff that I was eating, maybe not as, was it just different? Or like, I remember playing a lot in Nintendo, but I also remember going outside and playing a lot. And I was privileged enough to be able to go to dance class and, you know, be active. So I don't know, there just seems like so many factors and I don't really understand why it's so bad right now. Yeah. I think there's the aspect of there is more availability of Yes, there's all, there has been junk food since we were kids. I ate a lot of it as well. I was a heavy child until I started being more active. Um, I certainly <clears throat> can look back and be like, wow, that is why I felt so terrible a lot, like in cross country and stuff, because I was eating ramen for after school as like my main meal. So there's that. I think there's some, you know, some more environmental factors in terms of, you know, the glyphosates and how they function. Yes, we've always had pesticides, but these function differently on our gut, which have different metabolic downstream effects as well. And then I think about like how, you know, we epigenetics and, you know, passing things on. So if we were kids and we were consuming that food, then it, it can change you know, how our DNA is and gets passed on. And so it could be that it's a cumulative effect 
from one generation to the next. I actually have no idea if this is true. I was just like thinking about like, is that one of the additional, you know, things? Cause I, I do know that for example, in terms of genes, they have shown that if a mother is under a lot of stress and maybe have different, not enough access to food and whatnot, it can turn on those stress genes within and then it gets passed on. And so then the child has a different metabolic function. They are a little bit more upregulated, more likely to be, to have higher blood pressure or to be more overweight. And so I know that that can happen. And so I'm like, is, is that potentially, you know, cause of it as well, since, you know, junk food has been pretty prevalent since we were kids to now, but I'm like, is there more and are they using more stuff? And it's just the additional accumulation of all the things. Yeah. I guess it's all exponential. When you talk about like the stress, it just makes me think of the mental health of it all and just our exponential anxiety (laughs) for the course of the years. Yeah. Interesting. (sighs) Well, that's our rant for today. So, yeah, I I did want to talk about something that happened to me over the weekend. But did you know, Beth, that your body image uh, podcast was our top episode of the year last year? I had an inkling that you kept me posted that it was high up there. I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that people, you know. Liked, liked it. Yeah. If you haven't heard it, you should go back and listen. And I should um, go back and re-listen to it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you should. Well, just briefly from what I remember, because I haven't listened to it recently, is basically you shared that you found yourself kind of in this spot where you weren't feeling too keen on your body. Right. And you shared how you navigated through that mentally. And I think it's really important to be honest and transparent that even though we teach this, coach people and live this day to day, that we're not completely immune to old programming or the damage of diet culture. Like we are still in it with you. We're just maybe one step. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say that I've completely, you know, a hundred percent from where like better and never think about those things. It just fluctuates. And I know, and I still can recognize the thoughts yeah. and still see them and be like, Oh, that's crazy talk. Okay. And then I just, it doesn't prevent me from moving forward in any way or resting. So like if I need rest, I rest. If I want to continue my progress in weightlifting, then I do that. But it's solely for the the benefit of how I feel physically in my body and in my brain. I love the feeling of like having worked my body, like my brain really needs it. And so I keep telling myself that it's for that and not because I'm having a perimenopausal body change that I have to fix. So fun. We should talk about perimenopause (laughs) next time. (laughs) It will be me crying. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know, but I just think so many people, there's not a, there's not a lot of resources on that or, you know, topics about that. So we'll, we'll come back to that. But yeah, so what got me thinking, and this is actually the second time this has happened to me in the last couple of months. Um, I can't even remember who did it the first time, but uh, I was at my friend's house. We we're at a party and, you know, I just want to preface this. Like, I love this person. I think she might even listen to this. So if you are, I'm not picking on you. 
<laughs> she's one of the smartest, most successful people I know. And, you know, she was just, I arrived to the party and she was loving on me, giving me a hug and saying nice things. And then she said, you look so skinny. Yeah. And like in context, I knew that she meant it as a compliment, right? Mm-hmm. And even almost immediately, she was like, oh, you're probably like blah, 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 which I don't really know what she meant by that. But in my mind, I kind of thought like she knew maybe what I was thinking a little bit. And so she mm-hmm. was trying to kind of brush it off. But, you know, if I can recall it correctly, I just kind of smiled and shrugged and was like, I love you too. And I didn't really, I didn't make like a thing of it. We just kind of moved on and I kind of ignored it a little bit. Yeah. But what I want to like confess or be transparent about <laughs> is that I would be lying if internally I did not experience this like wash of like satisfaction or gratification. It wasn't even a thought, but it was just like this whoosh of good feeling. Yeah. You know, because that's old programming and it's still there. So right. even though I choose not to believe it, and I'll talk about what I want to believe, but it's like, it doesn't mean that that doesn't happen still. Right. And I'm not choosing to like see it in a negative light. I'm just kind of like, oh, there's just like that happened. <laughs> and I'm going to not like I don't attach myself to that, I guess. Right. Anymore. So maybe when I was 20, I would have been like, oh, my God, yes, thank you. You know, and I, I really would have like attached myself to that and made it mean a lot more than it means to me now. And so. I think that's just what I wanted to share was just like our brains still go to these old places. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to us or we don't experience it from a diet culture perspective, but that mm-hmm. like we just have to be more conscious about it. Right. I think, you know, it's like, okay, they are saying that, but it's also somebody could say you, I get the same feeling when somebody notices my hair looks good or I got a haircut or a blowout or whatever that day, like that feels good. Or in, you know, the off chance I put on makeup and something says, Oh, you look so nice. Like you feel nice. And, you know, I also feel slightly uncomfortable (laughs) underneath getting that praise, but the same thing happens with somebody acknowledges how our bodies look too. I think that it's a normal thing. Yeah. And it's also, it's just like a vibe. It was, it was coming from a vibe of love and, you know, Mm -hmm. she knows me, she knows I'm not necessarily dying. (laughs) There's more to your worth to her other than how you look, you know, because a lot of people can, you know, will just base people's judgments based on how they are, but you have this wonderful relationship. And so there's, there's so much more that she loves about you. Right. And yes, and I know that. And so some people might be like, what is wrong with feeling good from getting a compliment about your body? (laughs) I don't think there is. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's not good or bad. It just is. And again, I'm not picking on my friend. Um, And that's also why I didn't choose to like get on my soapbox at a party and be like, look, I'm going to pull you aside and have a talk with you about why we don't do this to people. (laughs) I did not do that. But yet I personally have learned and have decided that I just don't want my size to be something that validates me Mm -hmm. anymore. I know I am more than my size. My value, no matter my size, is inherent and my size does not define my health. And I know that she knows that too. So that's why I'm just like, I don't know. That's just kind of like where I was mentally was like, oh, 
that's interesting that like I got to watch it. You, it's like an out of body experience where you like you feel the feeling, it feels good, and then you're like, oh whoa, that's kind of like old programming, and it's like no, this is like you know. And in my mind, I also was like, I know why my body might appear that way to her, which is that I've lost probably like all of my muscle mass <laughs> since 2019. And the other thing that's also why it's validating is because I do know that my weight, like when I get on a scale, which is, I don't know, every two weeks or something, it's not like a system for me. I'll just be like, oh, I wonder what I weigh. And I get on the scale and I see a number that's like, it is the lowest number I've seen in a really long time. And I'm like, hmm. But again, I'm like, it's because you don't have any muscle, girlfriend. So it's like, again, I'll see the number and like, it kind of feels like, oh, well, that's interesting. I haven't seen that number in a while. But I'm also like, I'm in the same size clothes that I have been in forever. So it's not like, I know that I'm not like an incredible shrinking human. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like out buying a whole new wardrobe. I'm just like, this is interesting. And I find it fascinating because I can look at it from this other lens. And it's like, I have these other facts, right? Which is just like, yeah, I lost a lot of muscle mass since 2019. I was doing a lot more, you know, strength training. This was like pre-pregnancy, pre-pandemic. So really like over the last two years, my body has been through nursing, weaning, Mm -hmm. you know, just new mom life, which is insane. And yeah, I also just recently got this massage from this guy that massages NFL players, which... If y'all want his number, (laughs) (laughs) I had this whole thing going on with my right side and I knew somebody that like really was knowledgeable in anatomy and physiology and also had the strength to be able to like get me. But at one point he had his thumb in my bicep and he's like, you feel that like ribboning this texture on your muscle? And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure all I feel is just pain. And he was like, okay, well, this is just a sign that your muscle is atrophied and I was like cool (laughs) (laughs) thanks I was like that actually was almost more validating to what I believed about myself because I was like I know I'm missing muscle mass I know this is why the scale is low I know this is why maybe I might appear thinner than the way people had seen me recently because it's just like when you don't have muscle mass it just all kind of gets flat (laughs) right yeah So I don't know. I just know that my body's gone through so much. And I'm actually like really proud of how I went through it because I felt really neutral. Mm -hmm. I felt really like lucky in my pregnancy that I felt really positive about my body. I never felt uncomfortable. And post-pregnancy, I really didn't think about my body that much at all because I had such bigger fish to fry. Like I, you know, I wasn't sleeping. I felt like my mental, I was like trying to determine whether or not I need to get on medication because of like intrusive thoughts. Like it was so intense Mm -hmm. on so many other levels. And like anytime I was Googling like pregnancy recovery, like, and it would just be like weight loss tips. I was like screaming at my phone because I was like, that's not what I need help with. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) I was like, I don't care about my weight. This is insane. I felt so crazy. So I don't know. I just felt really neutral. I've I've felt neutral about my body really consistently for the last few years. And that feels good to me. I love it. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's beautiful. (laughs) So I don't know. I guess it's like I know that my weight will probably continue to go up and down in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm really not here to control that number which I think is kind of what I like to pass on to people is like, our job is not to control the number, but to take control of the things that we can do for ourselves. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's like I want to, you know, we, you and I have been talking about reducing caffeine a lot because we've both done it many times and we see so many benefits from it and it's our lifelong struggle. So it's like, yeah, I want to keep aiming to keep like caffeine at a minimum. I like, I like it when alcohol is at a minimum for me. I like it when I'm drinking a little water, getting enough sleep, moving my body. Like when I'm eating more foods at home that I know are balanced and have vegetables in them, you know, but yeah, I'm still going to have food for joy and for comfort too, you know, but it's like when I'm focusing on doing the things and Mm -hmm. I think we called them what identity based habits is what we call them in our online courses. Like when I'm focusing more on those and I know that I'm doing them, I've just noticed that the idea of what my body looks like doesn't consume me anymore. Right. Cause I'm like, I'm doing all the things that make me feel good. And this is what that is. And as long as the labs also align that show like my internal health is jamming, Mm -hmm. like I feel really good about it. Yeah, I agree. I just, just like, I don't have anything to add. So I'm like, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like, bodies are so weird. Bodies are weird. I was thinking about it in terms of like, we can do all of these like um, things that make us feel good. And then, you know, there is the total extreme of, you know, having it look a certain way, but it becomes at the cost of like these other things that might make your life more balanced. And so um, I think Mm. about, you know, that um, Instagram reel or TikTok or whatever it was about the girl that looked quite ripped, but, and she was like, haha, this looks healthy, but you had to go down and, you know, view it. And she was like, talking about like she had no other life, you know, how actually disordered eating she was and um, how unhappy she actually was. And so is everybody that lives, you know, is a gem rat that's super buff or do they feel that way? Probably not. But for a lot of people, it can feel very isolating because of what the environment looks like that they can't participate in in order to have that kind of Muscle. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not going for six. Yeah. Hours. No, I know you're not. <laughs> but I'm just like thinking about like, you know, like not having it be one extreme or the other. Just like, right. just kind of like everybody just like, all right, let me just see what is like the, the best thing that I can do for myself in this one department. Let me see how this feels and change that or, you know, keep this. And go with that instead of this like oh it's like a lot it's a lot of, a lot of stuff well, it's going back to our last podcast on consistency too, yeah where it's like hey i'm not doing the most every day right i'm doing a little bit every day yeah and to me it's like okay that's manageable and as long as i can keep being sustainable in the way that i'm showing up for myself and as long as it feels good like that's what feels good to me And, you know, when people when people do say like, oh, your skin is glowing or like you look really alert. Like I think of all these other compliments where I'm like, yes, because it's like to me that aligns with like, oh, I like I am taking care of myself. Like this is something that people are noticing. Um, You know, it's just different. So that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, just want to drive it again home. It's like, yeah, I'm doing the for me. And you know, I think because a lot of clients will say like, well, when will I ever stop thinking this way? And it's like, well, I don't know that you completely 
ever stop. Like ideally, maybe like these thoughts will come less often. They will be less frequent, maybe less intense. My goal is that you become more inclined not to believe them. Mm. Right. Where it's like, I don't have to believe negative things about myself. You just don't, you know? And so right now when you have all this like negative self-talk or self-doubt, we're believing it. It just takes some time to unwind that, but it doesn't mean that you're never not going to experience it. And on the opposite side, like me, it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to have this like rush of good feeling when somebody compliments me. Cause that's like a normal, natural way that our brain works. And mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to kind of like also think about other things that go along with it. Right. What was coming into my head while you were talking about those is, is that I wish that this wasn't what we, what I had to do for a job is that help people overcome the relationship with food and their bodies that we've gotten so far down, you know, this path with like how people feel about food and how it relates to their body and, and, and that sort of thing. And I'm like, it makes me sad. <laughs> it's something that I really enjoy and helping people find that path towards um, freedom, but it makes me sad that we got here in the first place. Yeah. Who put us here? <laughs> yeah. So oh, gosh, I was talking to a client the other day. I was like, do you realize that it was never your idea to be hot? I was like, if we lived on an island of just women and like we didn't live in modern times, like would it ever occur to us to tweeze our eyebrows or to shave our legs or to dye our hair? Like, I don't know whose idea was it to be like, I need to be hot because I'm like, that's not really my idea. And, and yeah, we, we, there's a part of us that wants to play along with that, right? Like we want to fit in. We want to be attractive. There's all these things, but it's like, who, who told me that's how things were supposed to be because like kids don't know that right Mm -mm. you know my child's only two I know that he like he just discovered he likes to look in the mirror when he wears his sunglasses (laughs) (laughs) they're funny (laughs) right but he he hasn't like learned any of this like modeling of like what he's supposed to think about his body or you know whatever so it's just like fascinating to me of like where this comes from and how it, it starts early and Anyway, sorry, that was slightly off topic. Yeah, tangent. Well, it's it's all diet culture, right? Mm-hmm. And how we get our body image, what we feel about our body. Okay, let's take this out this week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope we gave you something new to think about today and helped you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at path underscore nutrition. If you're looking to change your relationship with food and your body from a whole health perspective, please visit us at pathnutrition.com to get started. Bye.